Well, welcome. Once again, this is WNZN Radio from Lorain, Ohio. Uh, very happy you tuned in today. I'm here in the uh, with my good friend David Abood. David. Hey, John. Great to be with you today. Another show, another day. Right. And uh, for all those that tuned in, if you're having difficulty hearing us on the radio, you can live stream us on your computer. Just go to www.wnzn.org. WNZN.org, and that will be uh, a clear message coming through there. So with these last couple of weeks, we've actually done several things. We've had some special guests on, actually some missionaries from the Middle East, mm-hmm. and we look forward to having some special guests on in the near future. But we've also been discussing different topics yeah. and even getting into uh, actually questions that people might have. Is the Bible different than other holy books? Is there a God? Why is there pain and suffering in the world? But today, what David and I will discuss and uh, kind of open up is the whole idea of the fact that when Jesus came uh, 2,000 years ago to this planet, uh, he just didn't arrive like parachuting through time and entered in. But he was predicted. He was prophesied. He was pictured from Old Testament books going back 500 years, 700 years even a thousand years or more that were pointing Mm -hmm. to one day there would be this one coming into the world and that um, we would, they would be expecting him and he would fulfill certain uh, predictions and prophecies. And this is true when we looked at, uh, for example, Malachi chapter five, verse two, that's written four, 500 years before the birth of Jesus. It says, when the one comes from eternity, the Messiah, he will be born in Bethlehem. That's very specific where he'll be born. And of course, that's just one, but mm-hmm. we can look at many. What we want to look at today is the whole person, how Moses was a picture of Jesus Christ. And this kind of starts in Deuteronomy, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 18. Um, and this is where God is revealing his plan to his prophet Moses. And he says something very interesting here. In Deuteronomy, remember these are the first five books of the Bible called Mm -hmm. the Torah. Deuteronomy happens to be the fifth one of those books. But God is speaking to Moses and he says this in verse uh, 15. Deuteronomy chapter 18. Moses is relaying what God told him. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your fellow Israelites. You must listen to him. Okay, and also verse 18. Same chapter. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their fellow Israelites, and I will put my words in his mouth. He will tell them everything I will command him. And they must listen to what he says. Otherwise, it says in the next verse, whoever does not hear my words, which he speaks, I will require it of him. It means I'm going to judge him. Yeah. So they were always looking for this person. Mm -hmm. He's going to be like Moses. He's going to be an Israelite, okay? It says, I'm from your brethren. Uh, and the words he speaks are, like, very important because, yeah. Yeah, in a sense, our destiny is going to be determined on it. So now, when you go to the New Testament, it will say in um, the Gospel of John, now this is, what, 1,500 years later? Yeah. Uh, he says, uh, when they come to John the Baptist, who we know is preparing the way for Jesus, mm-hmm. They come to, they come to John in verse nineteen, John Which chapter, chapter one. Yeah, okay. They say, "Who are you?" And he, they, he says, 
I am not the Christ, verse 20. Then they asked him and they said, who are you then? Are you Elijah? He says, I am not. Are you the prophet? See, they were looking for this prophet yeah. likened unto Moses. Mm -hmm. And so once we're going to see that Jesus fulfills all this type of and pictures of Moses, when you get to the Acts of the Apostles in chapter 3, in one of these famous sermons by Peter, uh, verse 22, he says something very interesting. He says, uh, Go ahead, John. Men of Israel, hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves know. And then he says, um, him being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God, you have taken by lawless hands and crucified him. Okay, so uh, whom God raised up and having loose. For David said concerning him, and he says now, uh, the prophet that was coming, in other words, all of this is showing there's this idea of a foreshadowing of this coming one, and Jesus is going to fulfill that. Same thing will happen in um, uh, chapter 3. Another sermon he uses, uh, that is to say Peter, he says in verse 22, chapter 3, Acts of the Apostles, For Moses truly said to the fathers, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brethren. Him you shall hear uh, all things whatsoever. And he, and he shall that every soul who will not hear that prophet shall be utterly destroyed. You see how this gets yes. together? Yeah. One more in Acts of the Apostles, chapter 7. And this is the famous sermon given by Stephen. Matter of fact, right after this, they kill him. And it says this, uh, verse 37, chapter 7. This is that Moses who said to the children of Israel, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brethren. Okay? Him you shall hear. Mm -hmm. Again, they're quoting. Yeah. Yeah. And they're putting this thing together. Yeah. So we're going to look at, David, you'll bring up a couple points now. How was Moses a picture mm -hmm. or a type? The type is just a word used in typology. If you had a, if you had a stamp, a stamper yeah. or a ring, they used to use rings to seal documents in the Old Testament and put it in a piece of wax and press down. Yeah. That would be the type. It's like a, it's not the real thing, but it's a picture of the real thing. Yeah. Like a shadow. Shadow yeah. is not a real thing, but it tells you a lot about the real thing, you know, the shape and the substance, etc. So right at the top, what we're going to say, well, they, one thing is the Israelites back in the Old Testament, they were in slavery for like 400 years. Yeah. They were looking for deliverance. And so too, uh, the Jewish people were looking for this coming Messiah, yeah. coming deliverer. Yeah, and, and, and that actually, it, I, I guess that would be my first point mm -hmm. then. Moses was sent by God to come down and deliver his people to the promised land. Mm -hmm. In Exodus 3.8, and Jesus was sent by God to come down to deliver his people to heaven, Luke 4.18. So, you know, I wrote here, can, can we say that heaven is now the promised land in some way? Well, it is in the sense yeah. that that's where all God's promises right. are filled for believers. Right. Yeah. But it, like you say, God commissioned Moses to come here. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave, or he commissioned, right. his only sent son. his only begotten. So these, right. they're both being sent. But what's interesting here is what happens at their birth. Yeah. I mean, yeah. What, what does Pharaoh want to do? Because of the multiplication of the Jewish children, 
was so much, mm-hmm. Pharaoh said, let's kill. Right. That's in Exodus uh, 1, 16 to 22, where Pharaoh ordered the Hebrew sons to be killed upon birth. Mm-hmm. And I guess, you know, when the midwives didn't do it, that, that's when he said he put the order in to kill uh, all the all the children or all the sons. And then King Herod ordered all Hebrew sons to be killed upon birth in Matthew 2, 16. So you have that correlation right there. It's unbelievable, right from the beginning. You know, and it's really a miracle that both survived. Yeah, no kidding. Ruthless uh, leaders, you know, and they would both survive. And then, of course... Well, here's why they both survived. Right after that, in Exodus 2, 2, you see that Moses was born, his mother hit him for three months in Egypt... And then Jesus was hit in Egypt for an unspecified amount of time after his birth in Matthew 2.13. Right. And th- that's how they stayed under the, right. you know. And both of them, God will call out of Egypt. Right. You know, and mm-hmm. then what's interesting, where is Moses raised then? The highest court in the yeah. land, the royal court He was of raised by the Pharaoh, so uh, he, who he was has, not his natural father. No. Right. He has an exalted position, right. and he's going to come down and identify with his brethren. Right. Jesus is an exalted position at the right hand of God. Mm-hmm. He's going to come down and identify, take on human flesh and identify with the Jewish people by proxy, even right. us, right. you see, by a human mm-hmm. being, not an angel. Right. But a human being. And then again, Jesus was raised by a man who was not his natural father. In Luke 2, you know, 33, just like that's Moses. That's a good point. Yeah, right, so point. you have Joseph and Moses was raised by Pharaoh. I mean, it's unbelievable. I have like 40, I just wrote down for the show, comparisons of Moses like Jesus. It's unbelievable, John. It is incredible. It really is. You know, and it'll say in John chapter 5, let me uh, read this here. Uh, Jesus is going, so to speak, in this discussion with the religious leaders of his day. And he said this, For if you had believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote about me. Yeah. See, what we're studying now is pictures of that were coming out of the life in the the times of Moses. Mm -hmm. It also says this about Moses in Hebrews chapter 11, uh, verse 26. Because he's in this high and exalted position, uh, it says, um, and by faith Moses when he became of age refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter choosing rather to suffer the afflictions with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin esteeming the reproaches of Christ greater than the riches the treasures of Egypt for he looked for reward he forsook Egypt not fearing the wrath of the king notice it, it, he's in this high position extremely wealthy, powerful, safe and he's willing to leave all that to come down to suffer affliction yes. for his people. What a picture of Jesus. Sure is. Philippians chapter 2 says, yeah. Though he be in the likeness of God, did not count it robbery to be equal with God, but humble himself, he becomes mm-hmm. a man, even to the point of a servant, and then being crucified. Yeah. You know, and buried. How much how much higher and lower can you get? Right. And then he's highly exalted. Right. So we like yeah. you say, Davy, we keep going back and forth on the fact that. These things, these things are there in the scripture. If anybody wants to look at them, uh, it just kind of shows you the, mm-hmm. the, the authenticity of the Bible. It sure in the, does. In the presentation. Yeah. Now when he comes, now when Moses comes to his people to set them free, they don't receive him. As a matter of fact, it says in Acts chapter 7, mm-hmm. verse 25, they say, who made you ruler and judge over us? Yeah. 
they didn't want to receive him when mm -hmm. he first came. Mm -hmm. The same thing without uh, Jesus. Uh, they said, we have no we have no king but Caesar. Remember when this yes. trial? They, they right. didn't want him. Um, so in a sense, it happens today. People don't want their Savior. They don't want Jesus as the Lord. And now, now we see Moses in Exodus chapter 2, verse 15. Um, he, where does he meet his wife? Uh, he's actually going to be beside a well. It's very interesting uh, where he's here. Um, uh, oh, yeah, that, that's another good, uh, good uh, maybe you similarity. Maybe you can bring that up. Well, hold up on. Uh, Exodus 2? Uh-huh. Yeah, let me... Uh, okay. Verse 15, I think. Yeah, let me look. Moses flees to Midian. Um, let's see. See where it says... Is it verse 15? Uh-huh. When Pharaoh heard of this, he tried to kill Moses, but Moses fled from Pharaoh and went to live in Midian, where he sat down by a well. Now a priest of Midian had seven daughters, and they came to draw water and fill the, the troves to water their father's flock. So here's what's happening. Yeah. Moses is there. He sits by that well. It yep. says clearly in John chapter 4, verse 6, Jesus in his journey will sit at a well. Moses meets his wife at the well. Jesus will minister to the Samaritan woman. That's and lead right. Her to living water. That's right. But both take place yeah. uh, at the well encounter. So as you go along, then you see, okay, so now um, mm -hmm. the men, it says in Exodus chapter 4, verse 19, those that were seeking uh, Moses' life are now gone. Okay, Exodus 4. Uh huh. Those that are seeking his life are now... Which verse are you want me to read? The, uh, let me give you this. Uh, verse 19. Okay. Now the Lord had said to Moses in Midian, Go back to Egypt, for all those who wanted to kill you are dead. Okay. Yeah. Now, same thing, very similar language. It'll say in Matthew chapter 2, verse 20, about Jesus. Uh, when an angel comes to Job and says... They are dead, which sought to kill the young child's life. In other words, um, mm -hmm. Herod was now dead. Right. So that both of them have those elements going on yeah, in, their, in their life. Uh -huh. And he, he says, then in Exodus chapter 2, it says, it talks about in verse uh, 11, where God sees the burdens of his people. In, uh, I'll actually read this, where God will say, um, uh, Moses was grown, he... He goes, Moses was grown that he went out to his brethren and looked at their burdens. Right. And he was moved by it. Well, what does Jesus say in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28? Come unto me, all you that labor and are right. heavy burdened, right. and I will give you rest. Yep. So both of them are going to be in this role of uh, yeah. taking the burden, lifting the burdens off uh, people. You know, And their main message we're going to see, like in Exodus chapter 9, mm -hmm. he wants to go and proclaim this message. Uh, Exodus chapter 9, verse 13, where he says, The Lord said to Moses, Rise up early in the morning, stand before Pharaoh, and say to him, Let my people go, yes. that they might serve me. And what does Jesus do when he opens up his ministry? He reads from the book of Isaiah, and he says, I have come to proclaim liberty to the captives, to set those that are the prisoners free. 
Yeah. Very similar. And, and you know, when they started their ministries, I like this one, John. Uh, Moses' ministry started supernaturally with the burning bush and God speaking to him in Exodus 3, 2 to 4. And then I have Jesus' ministry started supernaturally when the dove descended on him and a voice from heaven spoke saying, this is my son. That's in Matthew 3, 16 to 17. Mm-hmm. So I assume that was the Holy Spirit. Or was that the Holy God Spirit himself? coming yeah. out? Yeah, right. Right. And God speaking. Right. The, the element. That's a good point there. The element there is that it is God speaking. You know, yeah. that's why uh-huh. the from the burning bush he says, "Take your shoes off, for right. you are on holy, uh-huh. ground. You're on holy ground." God is speaking. Then at the, the inauguration of Jesus' ministry, like you say, God is speaking yes. again. This is my beloved Son, in whom uh-huh. I'm well pleased. And you know, it's very interesting too that their lives are divided up. Moses will spend 40 years in Egypt. Yeah. Then he'll spend 40 years in the desert, Midian, being a shepherd, mm-hmm. and then 40 years as a deliverer. Well, you, Jesus' life is actually bracketed in. He has 40 days of testing in the yes, wilderness, right. temptation. And right after his resurrection, he'll be 40 days on earth before his ascension. And both 40, both Moses and Jesus will fast for 40 days. So we see those kind of time frames kind of woven into this tapestry of these two men. That's right. You know, I think think the other uh, one I liked is Moses performed many public miracles following God's direction. You can see those in Exodus 4, 4 to 9. I don't know if you want me to read it, but... We'll we'll scroll down in a second. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then Jesus performed many public miracles following God's direction in John 5. Um, You know, even though the miracles differed... um, each occurred, you know, due to God's power, right? That they were given. Oh yeah, for all we'll, of those. Yeah, we'll look at very what, similar. That uh, did it, any of the main prophets perform miracles like Moses? Elijah and Elisha. Elijah. There's clusters of miracles. With Elijah them. and who? Elisha, his successor. Oh, okay. Elijah and Elisha. So what it seems like these two really. There's other miracles happen, but not like in these clusters. Right. Like it's yeah. almost like when your rocket takes off. Yeah. You know, all that loud noise and, and mm-hmm. fire and it, then it gets it off right right that second stage yeah. comes in so with the, moses you're seeing this thing launching because he's delivering four people yeah. from 400 years of slavery right and of course when jesus comes that's the launching of the whole new covenant miracles we'll get to that but yeah. there's something very interesting happens um in exodus chapter 8 verse 19 if you go to that and i'm going to go to the uh, and read that david exodus uh-huh Eight. Uh-huh. Okay, starting with 19. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, Exodus, uh, yeah, 8, verse 19. Just verse 19. Sure. Okay. The magician said to Pharaoh, This is the finger of God. But Pharaoh's heart was hard, and he would not listen, just as the Lord had said. Okay. Now, what's interesting about this is when Moses comes to do the miracles, yeah. the magicians, they're skilled in the mm-hmm. occult uh, that were uh, of Pharaoh, they duplicate it. If you look there, they do the first one they duplicate, right. the second one, but they can't do the third one like you just read. They say, no, the finger of God is in this. This is too powerful for us to do. Well, in Luke chapter 11, uh, in the New Testament, uh, something very hap- interesting is happening where Jesus uh, is casting out demons. He's done miracles. Mm-hmm. And people come to him in chapter 11 of Luke, verse 14. They say, he is casting out a demon. Um, 
up from the deaf man, uh, and and this guy is healed, and then they come to Jesus, the religious leaders, and they say he's doing this by uh, Beelzebub, the ruler of Prince the demons. Of demons. Yeah. But Jesus said he he says, look, every kingdom divided against itself brought desolation. The house divided uh-huh. uh, against itself falls. If Satan's also is divided against himself, how will his kingdom stand? And then he says something very interesting, verse nineteen. And if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, by whom you, who do your sons cast them out? He says, verse 20, but if I cast out demons with the finger of God, surely the kingdom of God has come to you. Yeah. What he's showing back here is this is God's power. And even the pharaohs, uh, the magician said, the finger of God yeah. is demonstrating the power of God. Jesus is saying, if I'm doing these miracles by God, then the finger of God is present doing these miracles. You wow. see the correlation? Oh my gosh, yeah. Are you it's kidding? So tight. Yeah. You know, very, very uh, interesting. Um, you know, now, that, I, I guess, uh, you know, that, that's the issue because, you know, w- when people question, is this the, the Son of God? And, you know, it was God involved in Jesus's, uh, you know, walk on the planet. Right. You know, it, it, it is so obvious, so clear. It's even when Jesus uh, dispelled uh, the demons that was in, uh, what's his name, on the island. Yeah, Demonica Gadara. Right, and so, and the demon said, what do you want with us, son of God? God. I mean, it's the same thing here. Right. Where the Pharisee magicians are like, hey man, this is the finger of God. Yeah, right. And you still don't wake up to it. Right, and the linkage between Moses and Jesus. Right. And Moses was confronting very demonic activity there. So was Jesus. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's casting these demons out Mm -hmm. right and left, but he's saying... But they both use that that word, the finger of God. Gosh. And the finger, of course, it's the finger that writes the law on the mm-hmm. tablets. We'll yeah. see that in a moment. But the finger of God suggests that the finger is probably the less powerful part of your body. You know, your shoulders strong, your legs are strong. But the finger, that shows the power of God. He just needs a little fingertip to you know, do what he's going to do. It's really cool. It is. Now, um, here we see now um, that... Jesus and Moses, the similarities. One thing that Moses, um, we see, uh, is the idea of he stretches out his hand. Remember when he gets the people released, his people released from Egypt, from bondage, and they are now running, in a sense, out from Egypt, and they confront the Red Sea. That's at Exodus chapter 14, verse 21. And uh, Exodus chapter 14, verse 21. If you have that, David, I'm yeah. going to go to the New Testament correspondence. Yeah. Uh, which verse? Uh, verse 21. Got it. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and all that night the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind and turned it into dry land. The waters were divided. Okay. So he's got, you see, by God's yeah. power through Moses, the, the sea is parted. This is a miracle of the sea, right? Mm-hmm. So, too, with Jesus, it says um, in Matthew chapter 8, uh, when they're crossing the Galilee, uh, Lake Galilee, there's this tremendous, it says a great tempest arose in the sea. The boat was covered with waves. And this yeah. is a, they're, they're in rough shape. These I are like professional fishermen. Yeah, right. And they cried out to him, Lord, save us. We're mm-hmm. perishing. And he said to them, why are you fearful of you little faith? He arose, he rebuked the wind and the sea, and there was a great calm. 
Now, anyone that's been out on Lake Erie or any, you know when the storm subsides, there isn't great calm. It takes a while. Yeah. This is instantaneous, but he's got power over the wind and the waves. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So, again, go back to Moses, the miracle of the water, the Red Sea, miracle of Jesus yeah. here. You'll see these ideas, the miracle. Same thing with Joshua parts the Jordan River so they can cross over. So Jesus crosses over by walking on top of water. So, again... These are things you cannot not see after you see them. You know, it's like it pops into your mind, you know. Yeah, you know, God made it so obvious, the connection, that this is the Son of God. And we talked about this mm-hmm. before the show started. Uh, we're, we're talking about possibly, you know, uh, drafting a book on the subject about the comparisons of Christ in the Bible. But this book, the Bible, is all about Christ. Yeah, right. You know, and, right. and when, you know, even when we're looking at these comparisons... Uh, it's just so clear, and, and you know, God, God was repetitive because He really wanted us to get it. Um, it's just, it's just so clear. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it couldn't it, be any clearer. Yeah, and, and Moses, he, he, Moses fulfills several roles. Yeah, he's a servant of God. Mm-hmm. Of course, Jesus is called servant. I have not come to be served, but to serve. He is a prophet. That is to say, he's speaking the words of God at that moment to those people. Same thing with Jesus. He'll say in yeah. John chapter 6, I only speak the words that my Father has given me. He's, he's a priest. Uh, he's, he's a king. That is to say, he's over his people. Of course, Jesus is king of kings and lord of lords. He's a shepherd. Mm-hmm. You know, as you described, David, he was a shepherd for 40 years on the back. Now he's shepherding 12 tribes. Yeah across the wilderness to the promised land. Jesus is the good shepherd. He starts by shepherding 12 men, but he's going to eventually, you know, it's going to mm-hmm. be a shepherd, yeah. uh, the, you know, the, the great shepherd. Uh, he's a mediator. He's going to, you know, at one time he'll even say, Lord, kill me. Take my life yeah. and let these people go when they start sitting. He's a deliverer. He's a ruler. All of these titles that applied to Moses applied to Jesus, but just magnified, so to speak magnified so how do you how do you get there you know how do you not see that unless you say this is all contrived or it's all it would be too complicated yeah to do this um, yeah and you know i you touched on it exodus 16 27 through 36 you can see that moses gave the uh, israelites bread from heaven called manna for 40 years right, right? And then in John 6, 33, Jesus said he was the bread from heaven that gives life to the world. Right. So, man, wow. Well, Look how that plays out. Oh, that's big because, yeah. number one, it comes down from heaven. Right. Uh, number two, uh, what is, what's the description of manna? I think it's both in Numbers and I think it's also in... Well, I could... Do you want me to go to Exodus 16? Yeah, you can look at it there. What is the description? I think it gives us a little glimpse of the Messiah, even... Uh, a Exodus, little bit of a picture there. Uh, 16. And I could look at, start with verse 27. Yeah, tell us what it looks like. All right, let me, let me get there. Okay. Nevertheless, some of the people went out on the seventh day to gather it, but they found none. Then the Lord said to Moses, okay, that, that's not that's uh, not it's numbers. It. There's another description. Is there a better description? Numbers 11, Let's take 7 a look. through 9. One talks about numbers where you just read was 11. falling to the ground. Let's see. Let me double check this. Numbers 11. Mm-hmm. Let's look at um, 7 through 9. Yeah, there it is. Good, good John. The manna was like uh, coriander seed and looked like resin. 
the people went around gathering it and then ground it in a hand mill or crushed it in a mortar. Mm -hmm. They cooked it in a pot or made it into loaves. And it tasted something made and it tasted like something made with olive oil. When the dew settled on the camp at night, the manna also also came down. So it comes down at night, it falls gently to the ground. Wow. It speaks to the humility of Christ. It's uh it's white in color if you look at that what that coriander is. And they believe, I think it's back in Exodus, we'll talk about it, it's being circular. So it's small, white, circular, coming down from mm -hmm. heaven, and everybody has to take it for himself. Right. Uh, you you see, weren't allowed to collect it. No. And the deal being there, if you didn't pick it up day. off the ground, what did they do? They stepped on it. Same thing happens today. If people don't accept Jesus Christ, you know, this is an interesting fact. Jesus is like the only name of any religious founder that's used as a curse word. Think about it. Men yeah. step on it because they don't realize how holy, how life-giving yeah. it is. And so there we see, it's a good thing, David, on this man. And, of course, Jesus will say, I am the true bread yes. come down from heaven. Now, when Moses prays to God and this manna comes down, now this is a very significant demarcation, but if you look at um, Matthew, I'm sorry, John uh, chapter 5, let's say, yeah, John chapter 5, uh, this is the famous miracle of feeding the 6,000, right? Oh, yeah. Um, and now, um, I'm sorry, chapter 6, he says, uh, the, the, why this miracle is so important is, is in all four Gospels. Now, with Matthew, Mark, and Luke, you'll find overlap of miracles, right? But you won't find another miracle that's in in John 2. You know, it's right. They, they, it's like divvied up, but John mm -hmm. has very specific yeah. seven miracles. But this miracle of feeding 5,000 is all, that tells us this is really important, right? Yeah. But think. look at this. <laughs> yeah. He does the miracle. He feeds, we know what happens. Uh, it's a beautiful story how this plays out. But if right. you compare each gospel, they're out there. He's just fed them spiritually. You know, give them all mm -hmm. his teaching, probably all morning or part of the mm -hmm. afternoon. They've got no food. This little boy comes up. He's just got two fishes and five loaves, just real little. Right. Probably his mom packed him this lunch. He offers it to God. He offers it to Jesus. Then Jesus says in verse 10, make the people sit down because there's much grass there. Well, what he's doing, and if you compare the other guy, they're sitting them down in clubs of 50 or 60. So probably for easy distribution and counting. And then it says, they're sitting down and he stands up and then he, he blesses this, right? But notice, and then he feeds it through his apostles. He gives the 12 apostles. But look, look it's green grass, right? And what are they in clumps? They almost look like flocks. Now think of Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leadeth me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul for his name's sake. He prepareth a table for me in the presence of my enemies. He, the, Jesus, think of him as the shepherd in this yeah. scene. He's standing there sitting in these flocks on green pasture, and the food is going all out through amongst them, right? Yeah. Now, once they see this, what do the people say in verse 14? After the people saw the sign Jesus performed, they began to say, surely this is the prophet who is to come into the world. Bingo, there you go. Yeah. There it is. Who fed like that in the wilderness? Moses, when he prayed and the manna came down. Now they're saying this is the prophet. Yeah. There's the, see the connection now? Yeah. Boom. You know, it's very, very powerful. And uh, it, it is interesting, you know, after this, actually, then you have the whole thing with the, uh, 
the storm and all that. Yes. Happened, you know. So there you have the, that's a very significant point that that uh-huh. happened in that. Now again, um, we know that he chooses 12, but in Numbers chapter 11, verse 16 and 24, he's, he now sends out, he gets 70 elders uh, to help them rule the people, to be judges amongst the people. Okay. And of course, Jesus will appoint 70 when he sends them out in this great preaching commission in Luke chapter 10, verse 1. So the idea of 12, 12 tribes that Moses is yeah. leading, 12 apostles Jesus leaves, but they will both use this element of 70 men to complete their commission or their function. Yeah. Um, now, th- I think this one is really neat. If you look at Exodus... Uh, chapter 24. You look at Exodus 24, David, mm-hmm. and read verse uh, 8 and um, 9. Let's say, yeah, you read 8. Uh, let's see what that's saying. Exodus 24. Yep. Okay. Oh, well, how does that I read? I got it. Seven, Moses, seven and eight. Seven okay. And eight. Then he took a book of the covenant and read it to the people. They responded, we will do everything the Lord has said. We will obey. Moses then took the blood sprinkled it on the people and said, this is the blood of the covenant that the Lord has made with you in accordance with all these words. Ah, okay. Huh? Now, yeah. you, see the, you see the idea of the covenant is being made, yeah. and it's being made with blood. Moses establishes his covenant, which means a contract between God mm-hmm. and God's people. Mm-hmm. Luke 22, verse 20 says this, then he took the bread, gave thanks, broke it, and said, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, also he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant yes. in my blood yep. shed for you. There you see the elements yes. of the blood, of the covenant, and being established with his people. Yeah, And that will establish... Moses institutes the first Passover, right? Yep. Remember the situation. Mm-hmm. These people have been in slavery for 400 years. It's cruel oppression. Right. And God gives the plan to Moses, go there and be basically get a, 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 a lamb, unblemished, no broken bones, slay and mm-hmm. catch its blood in a bowl and brush it on the doorpost, right? Just yeah. go inside yeah. then, pack your bags, cook, the, cook the, the lamb, which we call the Passover feast, for strength. You're going to get out the next morning. You're going to be set free. But, of course, we know that the, when the angel of death goes through the land, That's he right. says, when I see the blood, They'll be spared. I, I will right. spare you. Mm-hmm. When does Jesus institute this new covenant? At the Passover. Yeah. He Moses starts the Passover in a sense. Jesus ends the wow, Passover. Oh, that's great. And then he says, I am mm-hmm. the Passover lamb, in a sense. That's why John introduces Jesus. Behold the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. So Jesus is, make, is instituting this thing on Passover. Yeah. And it's also, you can look at Hebrews thirteen twelve, and it says, And so Jesus also suffered outside the city gate to make the people holy mm-hmm. through his own blood. Mm-hmm. To make the people holy. Right. So, you know, that, man, uh, you know, when you start to think about that, uh, so his blood washed us clear of all of our sin. Yeah, right. You know, That's the key. That is. He who knew no sin became sin right. for us. But also think about his blood. He set us, his blood set us free from bondage, sin, and all that crazy stuff we're all involved in. Yeah. And he set us free from that through the blood of the Lamb. Yeah. You know, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. So 
again, you think about this, how, how, how could it, people do this a thousand years before the event? No how kidding. could this be fulfilled? And what benefit does it have the early apostles to try to make all these pieces mm -hmm. fit? It makes no sense. No, it, it, it really... Um, Now, when Moses finally dies, right before he dies, it says there's 34, Deuteronomy 34, verse 10. But since then there has not risen in Israel a prophet like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face, in all the signs and mm -hmm. wonders what the Lord sent him to do in the land of Egypt before Pharaoh. Um, well, of course, but once Jesus comes, nobody did the works that he did. No. No one, because he's raising dead people. He's, he's establishing the new covenant. And the idea of being, now remember, Moses goes up on the mount yes. on Sinai, right. and there he's going to get the Ten Commandments, right? right? Mm -hmm. Jesus, at the start of the ministry, goes up on, on the, a mountain right. for the Sermon on the Mount. Sermon on the Mount. And so, what does he get there? The new law, which is the, the, the new covenant, the new, the new way of he living. He interprets the commandments. Yeah, and right? gives new. Right, and gives new ones. He, yeah. what, he, what he's doing is expanding. Mm -hmm. He says, uh, it is written that you've heard it said that you shall not kill. Mm -hmm. But I say to you if, you, if you have in your heart hatred towards your brother, you call him a fool, and does, mm -hmm. you've already committed murder in your heart. Yeah. He says, it is written, or you've heard right. it said, thou shalt not uh, commit adultery. But I say to you, if you look upon a woman to lust, you've already committed. So do you see what he's doing? He's yeah. magnifying yeah. it, but it's interior. A lot yeah. of that is interior. We, but Moses comes down. Remember, that he's got the two tablets. The first four commandments is man's relationship to God. Mm -hmm. I am the Lord thy God, there are no yeah. strange gods before me. Um, Thou shalt not to make any image and bow down before. Remember, keep. Uh, thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Keep holy the Sabbath day. And the next six is man's relationship to man. Yeah. Jesus, when they ask him the great commandment, what does mm -hmm. he say? Love the Lord thy God with all, all thy heart, heart, soul, and strength. Yeah. That's man's relationship mm -hmm. to God. And love your neighbor, neighbor as, as yourself. yourself. Yeah. He compresses these two, yeah. David. Yeah. And the mainspring of it is love. Yep. But it's still the Ten Commandments in the sense man's relationship to God, man's relationship to man. Perfect. Yeah, it, it is. And also, Moses received God's law on Mount Sinai in Exodus 19. Jesus delivered the Sermon on the Mount with the promise to fulfill God's law in Matthew 5, 1 to 17. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So what's happening here is such a... Oh, my uh, gosh. Such an incredible thing. It's like a hand in a glove. Yeah. I mean, it, it's perfect. And, and the thing yeah. with Moses, specifically, it was really for the Israelites. That was a... a yeah. But Jesus... What he gives is meant for all the world. Yes. You know, everyone is right. going to believe upon him. The, uh, yeah. Go on. Well, no, um, the, the, thing I, the thing that's really interesting, too, I always had a problem with this, and I never really understood it. Uh -huh. When Moses uh, made a serpent on a pole, right. and the uh, Israelites were healed when they looked up at it, if they were bitten by a serpent, that's in yes. Numbers 21.9. Right. And then you look at John 3, 14, 5, and Jesus was lifted on a pole, the cross, and those who looked up on him by faith were healed. Right. Um, I never understood why the serpent would, would be on the pole and Moses would lift it up, right? And the serpent, the bronze serpent, I think it was bronze, healed those people. Right. And then Christ is up on the pole 
And when you look to him and call him, you know, you take Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're healed. You're washed of all right. your sins. You're part of the new race. Right. So, you know, that's the thing that I was jumping up about because I finally realized I don't have to keep looking in the rearview right, mirror. Right. I'm, not, I'm, I'm no longer the old man. Exactly right. I'm in a new race. So the minute I jump over that fence where Christ is over there uh, for what he did for us, I'm in a new race. My whole past history is a race. Right, right. You, no, that, no, when and, you and, bring that out, yeah. that incident in right. numbers, um, they're complaining, they're murmuring, right? Right. And God sends these poisonous I lived for years in a yeah. land with poisonous snakes, mm -hmm. cobras, vipers, yeah. when I lived in Southeast Asia. Yeah. You get bit by those, you need medical attention mm -hmm. quick. Now you can get anti-venom and you can do trinket. Right. There's different ways. But point being that, the only thing they could do is cry out to Moses who would cry out to God. Mm -hmm. And it was God's plan. He didn't yeah. say try to get the poison out of him. Try to. Yeah. Well, like you say, Mo God gives the directive. Moses, mm -hmm. Moses' idea, I'll get a stick and put it right. He's God's directive. But the key there is they didn't have to do anything other than look and right. believe on that. Now, it was yes. probably shining in the bronze probably shut. But there, people will often say, well, how would I understand how Jesus is going to be lifted up? And when we look to him in yeah. faith, but why the serpent? How would he be a? Why would that serpent be a type of Jesus? People have said that. Well, Second yeah. Corinthians chapter five says what? He who knew no sin became, became sin. sin for us. Yeah. Not that he had sin, yeah. but he carried sin for us. He carried our. So he's a type that all we do now that we might become uh -huh. what the righteous that we right. might be healed. All of us are snake bit. Right. All of us are snake bit. Right. All of us mm -hmm. need to be remedied. Yeah. And it'll say in Galatians chapter 3, verse 13, Cursed is yeah. everyone that hangeth upon a tree. Yeah. When he was on that tree, when he was on mm -hmm. that cross, he's taken the full. And all we got to do, David, is look to him. Yeah, that goes him. right back to Genesis 2. Immediately after the sin, you know, um, right. you saw that, you know, he would, uh, the enemy would bruise his heel, yes. but he would crush his skull. His there you go. And so, but the other thing that I, I love about that is the fact that as Christians, this is all about the good deeds again. Yeah, we right. have to realize that Christ is the reason yeah. we have this new race yeah. and our freedom from death. Exactly. It, it's not about how many good acts we do, it's about following Him and being a disciple and creating other disciples. Regardless of how much money we give our church, or how many good deeds we do, that can't touch uh, what he did for us because we still wouldn't have that freedom from death even if that's the way we operate oh, yeah, every day. Right. It has nothing to do with it. Yeah, but, yeah. but that's what I pulled out of that too. Yeah. We just have to be aware of what's been done for us. Yeah, to as many as, yeah. to as, many as received him. In other words, believe upon right. them. It's very similar if somebody... If somebody's mm -hmm. offering you a gift, yeah, uh, a ten million dollar check, right? You have two options: <clears throat> reject it or receive it. Mm -hmm. It's just, and people think, well, how can I work for the check? Can yeah. I make payments for that? Can I? No. You want the free gift? You got the free gift. And it, one of the things the free gift tells us is: a, we can't do it on our own. Mm -hmm. Two, it's a free gift from God. And three, it's an adequate free gift. And basically, he's we can't do enough good deeds to get ourselves. From sinful man to holy right. God. Yeah. It just ain't going to work. Yeah. So, yeah, you're right. This thing is loaded. And it's all of sin and come yeah. short of the glory of God. We're all snake bit. Look at it this way. Mm. It's very possible that one day 
two years ago or whatever, a guy walked out of the Wuhan lab in China and he's infected, right? Now, let's say he infected everybody in the world mm -hmm. from one man. But let's say everybody's infected, but one man comes into this world and he has, he has the antibodies, he's pristine, he's healthy. And he takes that, he takes that thing into himself, reverses it, so to speak, and now we'll give that 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 vaccine, if you will, Beautiful. anybody that wants to receive it. It's free of charge. Yeah. But he took a, a hit, right? He internalized it into himself, mm -hmm. and now we can all be healed. Yeah. That's what the Bible says. All have sinned because of Adam, one man. Yeah. It all comes into the human. But right. through one man, the you know, the vaccine, mm -hmm. if you will, the antibodies can now enter into anybody that wants to receive it. Yeah. You know, again. Um, with the serpent on the pole and then, you know, Christ on the cross, I think one of the biggest challenges I had initially on this walk is the fact that I was looking in my rearview mirror yeah, saying, right. there is no way right. he wants anything to do with right. me. Right. So, and, and I, I know a lot of people like that. Uh, and so I really hope that, that the listeners are hearing this today. You know, the importance of this and the fact you are in a new race. Um, you know, the other thing I like, too, is when God showed the Israelites that Moses was sent from him using signs and wonders. That's Numbers 16, 28. Uh -huh. But Jesus told the people that his works were to prove the Father was in him, right. and he was in the Father. John 14, 10 to 11. So that, again, is the Son of God. He's not just a great prophet. He is the Son of God. And I think... All these comparisons that we did today, we've done other shows on this too, John. Yeah, a couple years the ago. The Bible is all about Christ. It's all about Christ. He's the central it, yeah. message. Yeah, he He's sure is. Message. Yeah. And just to go back over your point, David, about forgiveness. Yeah. You're right. Many people, Christians, mm -hmm. they're living under the guilt of forgiven sins. Right. See, once you come to the cross and you confess and receive Christ, uh -huh. you're a new creature in Christ. Now look at... This is what uh, Paul is saying here. Uh, Where are you? First uh, Corinthians chapter six, verse nine. Because there might be listeners today that are just in that position, like, how could God forgive me? Yeah. How can I be used of God? How I did this? Mm -hmm. I did that. Mm -hmm. Look what he says in First Corinthians chapter six, verse nine. Do you not know that the unrighteousness will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not deceive neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, mm -hmm. nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, yeah. nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers. But look at verse 11. And such were some of you. But now look at this. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus by the Spirit. He lists about 10 sins there, yeah. lifestyles. Yeah. Yeah. But mm -hmm. we're not just saved. He says you're washed. You're sanctified and you're justified. Yeah. You're a new creature in Christ. You see, that's why I always tell people, you bring up a good thing about, if you drove your car always looking in the rear view yeah. mirror, what's going to happen? You're going to crash. Now, let me ask you another question. <laughs> How big is the rear view mirror in comparison to your windshield? Oh, well, that's smaller. Yeah. 120? Not even that. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's, right. that's we should be going forward. I, right? I'm with you. Oh, I'm with you on that. <laughs> it's a lot easier. It's happy. a lot easier on the neck too. Yeah, right. But uh, no, yeah, it's so, a lot safer. A lot safer too. Um, so the yeah. other thing where we see this happening in terms of similarities is the transfiguration. Mm -hmm. Moses will go up, and he will actually. We should look at this because we're in Corinthians. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's a great scene. But in. Uh, 
1 Corinthians um, uh, uh, chapter 2, it will say this, um, that when, when God comes and he, um, he gives us this new, this new life, okay, we have this new life, and he talks about that in uh, chapter 2, and now we realize that God is in Christ reconciling uh, us to himself. Now, if you look at chapter, jump over to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, it tells us something about um, Moses with this transfiguration. He basically goes up on Mount Sinai, and God's presence is so intense, he's actually glowing. Now, if you look at 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse, mm-hmm. verse um, uh, look at verse 12 and 13. Sure. Therefore, since we have such hope, we are very bold. We are not like Moses, who would put a veil over his face to prevent the Israelites from seeing the end of what was passing away. So he's saying, that he does this, he puts like a, a uh-huh. shield in front of his face, a cloth or something. Now, because he didn't want the Jews looking directly at him at this particular time. But notice in verse 14, but their minds were blinded. Yes. For until this day, even today, the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament, like we're doing, mm-hmm. because the veil is taken <clears throat> away when? In Christ. Yeah. So when you accept Christ, you can see this stuff in the Old Testament. Then he'll go on to verse 15. But even to this day, when Moses is read, like we're reading mm-hmm. today, David, a veil lies on their heart, mind and heart here, right? Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now, did you understand this stuff before you were a Christian? No. See, there was a veil. Did I understand this stuff? No. No. Yeah. Did I start understanding it after the veil was lifted? Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's very clear to us. Yeah. Do you see how that works? It's, it's beautiful. It's powerful. Yeah. You know, you know, and, and John, it, it is, it's kind of like the more you're in the Word, the more that the Holy Spirit opens your eyes to the truth of the Word and the simplicity of the Word. Yes, right, right. Yeah. It's powerful, David. Yeah. Now, we just have a couple of minutes. I wanted to show right. some of the, dis, you know, we see similarities. You've read yep. many, many. You might have a couple more before I go through the differences. Yeah, yeah I do. I do have two I'd like to okay. I'd like to disclose. They're important. Moses reappeared after his death, uh-huh. 17.3. And Jesus obviously reappeared after his resurrection in Acts 1.3. And then one more, because we always refer to Christ um, in this manner. Moses was a shepherd of God's people. That's in Psalm 77, 20. But Jesus called himself the good shepherd Excellent. in John 10, 11 through 16. I, I really like those two. Um, yeah. And Moses, when you say he appeared the second time, that was at the transfiguration. Yes. Yeah, yeah. in Matthew. Okay, right. Good. Mm-hmm. Okay, now, contrast or differences. Number one, the law was given by Moses. This is in John chapter 1. But grace and truth. Yeah. came by Jesus Christ. That's why we don't keep the law today. I mean, kosher or right. circumcision, etc. Uh-huh. grace and truth. Moses was a fading glory. Second Corinthians, just where I read, it's fading. Yeah. Read that He doesn't always glow, so to speak. But Jesus is in his glorified state even now. We see that in Revelation chapter 1. Um, when Moses' face shone, Exodus chapter 34, uh, the people were afraid. When the Lord's face shone, they ran to him, Mark chapter 9, verse 15. Moses' first recorded act that he did was to kill a man. Remember, he killed yeah. a man. That did. Right. Jesus' first act in Mark, the Gospel of Mark, is healing a man. 
Moses' first plague against Pharaoh, against Egypt, was turn the blood into water. Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, turn the water into blood, which yeah. is a type of curse. Jesus' first miracle in the Gospel of John is to turn water into wine, wine, yeah. an emblem of joy, new new covenant. Mm -hmm. Moses was unable to save. He could save in a limited sense, but not ultimately. You'll see this in Jeremiah chapter 15, verse 1. But Jesus is able to save to the uttermost. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25. Moses was a servant. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 5. But Christ as a son is over his entire house. In other words, all the creation of God belongs to Jesus. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 6. The law was broken, the stones were broken by Moses' hands. Remember when he threw them down? Mm -hmm. But Jesus perfectly kept the law because in his heart, he, you know, he fulfilled everything. Moses prayed and provide bread that sustained life. Jesus provide bread that gives life. Right. That's a very important point. Oh, yeah. Moses prayed for a leper to be healed. Numbers chapter 12, verse 13. Jesus healed the leper. Moses instituted the first Passover. Jesus institutes the last Passover. Moses is willing to be a substitute for his people. Remember, he says, take me, God, slay me, not my people. Exodus chapter 32, verse 30 and 34. Jesus actually is a substitute. Yes. He is our substitute. Uh, then we see it was Moses... He he did what he could do in terms of delivery. He could not uh -huh. cross over into the promised no. land. Jesus leads us into that fullness. Mm -hmm. He says, I come that you might have life and that you might have life more abundantly. And there you have it. Wow. I mean, it's just a yeah. fantastic picture. Oh. Uh, yeah. And the question is, I mean, how again, how can that just be? Yeah. But to me, reading this you grow in your knowledge of who Jesus is. You really do. Absolutely. You, do, you know, it's yeah. like a kind of great painting. So, David, that was a, a, a very good overview. We could have gone deeper probably, oh, no doubt. Yeah. And next week we hope to have a special guest on. Terrific. I think the people are really going to enjoy this person. So may all of you that have heard this, maybe you've never really made a commitment to Jesus Christ. The Bible clearly says that to as many as received him, to them he gave the privilege to become a child of God. That's in the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 12. So what I encourage you to do the same. This would be the weekend of your new life in Christ. Uh, God willing, we'll be on again next week, and we look forward to uh, you tuning in. Okay, have a great Have weekend. a great weekend, everybody. God bless. Thank you.